0: Right. Good morning. Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to The Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host. Regular listeners to The Michael Slate Show will know that this show is pre-recorded. One of the interviews on this show speaks about an event that has already happened. But that discussion, especially on the need for an actual revolution, is something you will want to hear. And I want to start right off by welcoming, I have in studio with me, Bright and... Uh, Bushy tailed, as they say, Atlas Winfrey, um, who is a member of the Revolution Club here in Los Angeles, also part of the team that puts together the RNL, the Revolution Nothing Less show. Welcome, Atlas.
1: Thank you so much, Ansara. All
0: right, so, Atlas, we've got a great show um, for people today. We've got a segment that you help produce for the Revolution Nothing Less show that we want to start out with, um, which I'll let you introduce in just a moment. And then we're going to talk about uh, a major international, long-standing revolutionary holiday that's coming up soon. Why don't you uh, spill the beans? We're talking about May 1st.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the beans are that we're spilling is that on May 1st, international uh, May 1st, we're taking to the streets here in Los Angeles and in cities across the country to declare to the people in this country and to the world, we refuse to accept this system's future. A better world without oppression and exploitation is possible. No U.S. NATO war with Russia. Stop U.S. threats against China. No World War III. It's this system, not humanity, that needs to become extinct. Now is the time. Now is the time to get organized for a real revolution. And that's exactly what this International May 1st is about now is the time to actually put on the map in the thinking of millions of people in this country a real revolution the only thing that can solve the enormous problems that humanity is facing right now and we're calling on everybody everybody who's listening now if you're in your car if you're listening on the internet you need to be there because we don't have to accept this future we don't have to accept the world that we're Uh, constantly told is the best of all possible worlds. The only way that the world can be. A world where one in three women are sexually assaulted and raped in their lifetime. A world where three people every single day are gunned down by the police, where millions are mass incarcerated, where there's a growing possibility of World War III. This is not the only world that's possible. And we are determined to bring a whole different world into being, and we want to invite you into being a part of that.
0: All right, so that's May 1st, and I understand there is also a a lead-up gathering, barbecue, celebration, fundraiser, a chance for people to meet each other this weekend.
1: Yeah, Uh, we're going to be getting together at a picnic this Sunday, and this is going to be an opportunity to get together with other people like you. People who care about what's going on in the world, people who are agonized about what's going on in the world, people who are pulling their hair out about just the daily outrages that are going on, people that are anxious about the future, people who want to get together and talk about whether or not something could actually really be done to bring into being a better world for humanity. And I know that's you, people listening to The Michael Slate Show. You're sitting there agonizing about the world as it is, and you should come together with other people like you to talk about revolution. And you can find all the details for this at our website, www.revcom.us.
0: And also on the social media?
1: Yes. You can find us on social media uh, at revclub underscore LA. That's Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Uh, You can go find all the details there as well. And if you want to talk to us directly, you can call us at 323-671-9839.
0: Atlas, why don't you tell us uh, briefly what we're about to listen to?
1: Yeah, so we're going to be listening to a conversation between Michelle Chai, who you mentioned, who's been really active here in Los Angeles. She's been going out with the Revcoms on the ground, building for May 1st, and bringing people into the revolution. They're out on the campuses. They're out on the streets of uh, South Central Los Angeles talking to the people about what is the actual problem that we face and what is the actual solution through revolution and the whole different society that we can and need to bring into being. And so you're going to hear a conversation between her talking about building up for May 1st. And what's the importance of this? What's all this a part of, uh, along with the host of the R&L show, Andy Z? So they're going to be getting into that.
0: And in the middle of it, um, actually early in it, they're going to play – a substantive excerpt of the interview that Andy and I did last fall with Baba Vakey and the revolutionary leader, um, speaking to a, a major question that comes up all the time when people start to think seriously about revolution, which is, how are you going to grow the forces necessary to make this revolution as quickly and as necessary? And how could that happen in a country like this? So that'll also be part of it. Um, I think we should dive right into that, and then we'll have some conversation afterwards. And we will open up the phone lines to all of you listening to to talk with Atlas uh, here in studio. All right, let's listen.
2: Great. I'm here with Michelle Chai, leader of the Revolution Club in Los Angeles. How are you doing, Michelle? Good. All right, so we are just a week and a half out from May 1st, International May Day, And you and the Revolution Club have been going out among the people, different sections of the people. And I think it'd be important for you to tell our viewers some of what you've been learning about to help people see the importance of this, but even more how to go out and really bring to people what this May 1st represents this year. We're going to get into it through a course of a conversation. But just right off the bat, let's share some of this experience that we've had.
3: Yeah, we've been getting out to different parts of the city uh, with the call for May 1st um, and I just want to share a recent experience getting out to the neighborhood in South Central Los Angeles where we, you know, kind of came up on a scene where the LAPD had just like body slammed a 14 year old to the ground for littering, for throwing a, a carton of milk on the ground. They had three cop cars. They had two cops on top of her, you know, had had just body slammed her to the ground. They had a helicopter over overhead and people were coming out and were outraged you know righteously That's so we were outraged and people you know and, and people from the neighborhood were coming out and somebody said to us right that it, that, they, that they were sick and tired of this we talk about mostly
2: about the police around here because they always doing what you just seen when they come up on us they draw their guns
4: out
3: you know, that they see this on a daily basis and that all they feel that, that they can do is just yell at these cops and cuss them out. But what we said to him, this is not all we could be doing, right? It's just yelling at the police and cussing them out because look, it, this is all coming from a system, right? A system that has a name, capitalism, imperialism, a system that, that needs these cops to be doing this on a daily basis, slamming people to the ground, murdering mm-hmm. them, you know, in cold blood in the street. Um, harassing them and then and you know and, and and this is on top of all of the horror and brutality that this system carries out not just to black and brown people but at the border you know 38 you know migrants dying in a fire you know the ripping away of women's right to control their bodies the destruction of the environment these this system is taking us to the brink of nuclear war we refuse to accept this system's future a better world without exploitation and oppression is possible and we were bringing to them that on May 1st, we're going to get out there as a force, right? Representing for an actual revolution, because that is what we need to get this system's knee off of the necks of the masses of people here and all over the world.
2: I think that's an important message. I think what we want to do now, you know, when we go out with this, one of the things that you had told me and other people have said that very often people say, okay, I hear you about revolution, but we could never make a revolution in this country because look how few people you are. You need a lot of people to do that. Even you say you've got to have thousands coming, becoming millions. So Bob Avakian was on the RNL show, the Revolution Nothing Less show last fall, and I asked him that question. How do we, people say this to us, how would you answer that? So let's watch that and then we'll come back and talk some more some of the people who have been active going out to organize people with that understanding uh, uh, have raised uh, to us that uh, yeah but the people say to us you, you, they look out there and they say you people don't have that many people right now you're kind of small and not only that there's not really the kind of mass resistance we we need and so how are you going to do that yeah, what you're talking about sounds good but it ain't going to happen what do you say to them
5: yeah, well, a lot of times it looks like something's not going to happen until the, the, the night before yeah. it does happen. You know, that's one thing to, under, and it, that has meaning. It's not just a clever thing to say. You know, this is a time of, you know, when when things are being accelerated at an increasing pace. You know, and changes. I mean, who anticipated a year ago even? that they would overturn Roe v. Wade. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, this, the Supreme Court's bad, but they'll never do that. You know, yeah, I've read many articles where, where people were writing and saying, they'll never do that because most people in the country support the right to, at least the right to choose. Well, guess what? They did it. You know, and, and that, you know things of that kind are going to continue to happen at an accelerated pace. And, you know, so, yes, it's true. The forces of revolution, in particular the Rebcoms who base themselves on the new communism, are very small at this time. That's a that's a fact, you know, and we're not gonna we're not gonna try to, you know, bullshit people and pretend something other than what it is, because we base ourselves on a scientific approach to making revolution, which means actually dealing with the actual reality and telling people the truth about the actual reality. I I've told this story before. There was a group they know I don't know if they're still around or not, but back in the sixties there was this group called PL, Progressive Labor. I mean you can imagine they are supposedly a communist group. Imagine what kind of communism, what kind of group is supposed to be communist, calls itself progressive labor. I mean, come on. Anyway. <laughs> Wrong on two counts. <laughs> 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 Leaving that aside, you know, like in the economism to the nth degree, you know, just like burying yourself in the narrow struggles, you know, of 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 uh, you know of today. But anyway, they, one of their members got up at a rally and I think it was actually being they were being interviewed too. And I think it actually got into the New York Times where they said, "We have 10,000 members in Harlem." And a bunch of us said, "Man, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't have any you don't have any 10,000 members in Harlem." And the guy said, "Yeah, I know we don't, but if we say it, maybe we'll get them." Well, that's not the way we're going to approach things with that kind of opportunism, you know. You have to deal with the actual reality. So, yes, the forces of revolution are small right now. The Repcom forces, basing themselves on the scientific method and approach of the new communism, are small. And, you know... If, if it were just a matter of, like, gradually accumulating forces, you know, a few today and a few next week and a few next year, and, you know, with the prospect that maybe in some, you know, never-never land of 70 years from now, maybe we'd get have enough people to make a revolution. Well, yes, then it, you could say that would never happen. But, th- I mean, look, I made this point in 2020 when there was a massive upsurge around the murder of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. You know... I said, look around you. Nobody expected this kind of massive outpouring. And yet, here it came seemingly out of nowhere. But it didn't come out of nowhere. It came out of the underlying contradictions, the oppression of black people in particular, and others, Latinos, Native Americans, and the brutal way in which this is daily enforced by murdering pigs. This was underlying accumulation of contradictions and, you know, and, and suffering and anguish and outrage finally burst forth when this was just one too many. It's similar to what's happening in Iran now. You know. I mean, there have been many women dragged off the street by the morality police for years and decades. But finally, this one, you know, with this particularly brutal murder of this yes that's what it was you know you you know the idea of this 22 year woman who was perfectly healthy had a heart attack is outrageous you know and nobody believes it not even the people telling me a lie believe it i would i would imagine okay but all of a sudden things have reached another level now i don't know where where all this is going to go at this time the, the forces of the ruling class there are still very powerful but this has gone to a level beyond anything previously and it's you know on the one hand you know You could say it's just one more thing. Here's one more woman dragged off by the morality police and brutalized, and it results in her death. But it was just one too many in the context of a lot of other things going on. You know, People are suffering economically and so on. It was just one too many. The same thing in 2020. There were millions of people in the street. What was missing then, and we have to fault ourselves in part for this, although we talked about revolution and put out revolution, we didn't really go and struggle with people about you know what this really shows is the need to get rid of the whole system and you are not going to defund the police you know you know look at what's happened you know you got the, you know the great democratic hero joe biden the answer is not to defund the police it's to fund them fund them fund them what i say fund them <laughs> You know, so, you know, but that was a prevailing line. And so, you know, this thing got let, let off into a side, you know, side stream and, and, you know, a side street and didn't go anywhere. Ultimately, even though it was, you know, really heroic outpouring of millions of mm-hmm. people, which was supported by millions more around the world. Who predicted that a month before? I mean, yes, we've been talking for decades and mobilizing people in struggle against police murder for, for decades. You know, there's a whole national day of protest against police brutality and criminalization of a generation and, and, and repression. That goes back to the mid-90s. You know, but, but all of a sudden, this, a bunch of things came together. All right, you know, if the revolutionaries had been working the way we should have been, bringing revolution to that and struggling with people not just about we need revolution in the abstract, but why these other avenues and lines and rows and and programs were not going to lead things where they need to go. The question is, why should anybody put up with this kind of brutal murder time after time after time after time? Why do the parents and loved ones of these people have to shed these tears and cry this anguish time after time after time? Shouldn't isn't it long past time to put an end to this completely? Okay, so then what is what is going to be required to put an end to this and all the other outrages, which we also need to be bringing sharply to light? You know, the oppression of women, the, you know, the absolute destruction of the environment, the threat of nuclear war going on. The persecution of the immigrants and on and on and on. You know, the the persecution of gay people and, you know, trans people and so on. You know, in the context of all that, we needed to be saying to people, there's only one solution to this. It's not an easy solution, but it's the only real solution. That's what a scientific approach tells us because this is rooted in the system and we can show it. And the only way to get rid of all this is to overthrow this system. Now, that wouldn't have, probably would not have led to a revolution right then, but it, but it could have led to accumulating many more forces. And then the next time something jumped off, like what, what, what happened with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we'd be in a stronger position with more forces and more ability to impact that situation so long as we were consistently going out there with revolution. And they, you know, Lenin made the point, leader of the Russian Revolution and a, you know, important communist theoretician, made the point that in these kind of circumstances, which we're living in now, and it's important to understand, you know, decades of ordinary times get concentrated and not only in years but in months and weeks and that's what you saw in 2020 on a certain level not yet to revolution but that's what you saw and that's what's going to be increasingly happening the question is are the revolutionaries small as they are right now yes we're going to be honest about this we're not going to try to fool people that's not scientific that's not principled but small as they are can they go out and, and drive home to people this lesson and show it in a scientifically grounded, understandable way, not talking like, you know, well, you must understand it's the imperialist system that causes all these horrors in the world, and the first thing we need is a proletarian revolution, which first occurred in 1917 after the failure of the Paris Commune in 1871 and was taken to its highest level by the Chinese Cultural Revolution. That's, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? But to go out and in a living way present to people the actual reality of what this is all rooted in, why things are accelerating the way they are, how the ruling class is in, in increasingly in an antagonistic, unresolvable conflict within itself, and how this provides opening for us to actually get rid of all this oppression by scientifically understanding that it's rooted in the very workings of this system the very dynamics and the very relations of this system, and that we can mobilize and win over the forces, most of all people who are catching the worst hell under this system, which are millions and tens of millions, but also people from other parts of society who hate injustice and who want a better future for humanity and don't want to be, have nuclear weapons raining down on humanity, and don't want the environment to be destroyed. We can win increasing numbers of them over and it's gonna all be very accelerated one way or the other. So we've got to go out with that understanding and give it give that understanding to the mass of people like I said in very basic terms and in everyday language not in a stilted language that I was just you know mocking to be to be blunt but you know this is where building up the forces for revolution in a growing way today there are small numbers tomorrow there are you know hundreds verging on thousands and there are thousands and when there are thousands those thousands make millions sit up and take notice. You see thousands of people all together, you know, firmly convinced of the need for revolution, not in some sort of religious sense, but in a, with a scientific foundation in basic terms. You see them on the, on the political stage influencing the political terrain, you know, the, the, how things are shaping up. Millions of people start taking notice And millions of people who are telling us today, oh, that'll never happen, start thinking a little differently or at least Mm -hmm. questioning. Well, maybe it could happen. And then, you know, the question is, do you have a leading force, a core leading this that has the scientific method approach and has an actual strategy and plan for how to build up the forces for revolution, how to work to create the conditions for revolution, carry out what we call the three prepares, prepare the ground. The political situation, prepare the masses of people and prepare the vanguard leadership, so that you can go all the way with revolution, you know, and people are going to start sitting up and taking notice. Wow, there are people out here and they're very serious about this, and they have a scientific approach which they can explain to me in terms that I can actually understand, and they've got a strategy and a program for how to go out how to go about this and how to win when the time comes, not that they've given us a guarantee. But, they're, but they have a strategy for how to go about winning, and they've got a whole vision and concrete blueprint for what to do when we do win, namely the Constitution for the New Socialist Republic in North America.
4: America, America. America.
0: That was the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, and we're going to return now to the conversation between Michelle Chai, a leader in the Revolution Club here in Los Angeles, and Andy Z, the host of the Revolution Nothing Less show. Let me remind you that you are listening to The Michael Slate Show, and we are broadcasting here at KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles and
3: kpfk.org.
2: So, Michelle, that was a really solid answer from Bob Avakian on a question that comes up all the time.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just want to encourage people in the revolution clubs to watch this together, to discuss it and to show it to brand new people, because this is a question that we run into all the time.
2: Yeah, and May 1st is going to play a big role in in, in going from being small to being bigger on the way to becoming still bigger again, as he described in that Um, You know, he talked uh, a lot about the importance of bringing to people in everyday in common language, what is the problem we face, how are these different things relate to each other, the different struggles that you spoke of. And um, he spoke, too, of the uh, importance of bringing to people that there is a way out of this madness of this system. And uh, you were telling me that this is uh, the fact that we have a way out has given people who've come forward around the club Hope. In fact, some people have said the reason I'm sticking with this is because this gives me hope.
3: Yeah, look, people coming around the Revolution Club don't agree with everything, right? We're constantly like getting into these questions. But one thing that we're learning a lot from a lot of new people coming forward is that they are attracted to the fact that there is a whole different way that the world can be. You know, somebody just straight up saying, like, I've before meeting you guys felt like we're all going to die anyways. This is all going to. Sh-. There's nothing we could do about it. And then running into the message that actually we don't have to live this way and a whole different world is possible, right? Um, That they keep coming back, (laughs) even with all the disagreements, even with all their questions, they keep coming back because they actually want to know how is that kind of world actually possible?
2: Yeah, you know, this is no way. This is no way for people to live. You know, we had a slogan years ago that we still is, is really worth. Thinking about this gives hope to the hopeless, and, but actually, Bob Avake has written a whole paper that this provides hope on a scientific basis. This is something people can get deeper in. But right now, this this question of there's a way out of this madness, and it's not not you. Pe- you know, people looking are being told to look into themselves to seek shelter from the storm. You know, in the sense of. Self care and all this stuff. we need people there's no self care when you're facing what we're facing what we're facing right now. you we need to actually change what's giving rise to all of this. But in terms of this pull of attraction, the pull towards something better, uh, you all also were telling me that there's people responding to the fact that we actually have a constitution for a new society, for a new real socialist republic in North America. It would be important to share that with people and how important it is to bring that out to uh, the people we're organizing for May 1st
3: yeah i mean i think it's very concrete (laughs) you know it gives people a really concrete vision of what that society would look like right and you contrast that to the ways that people are you know to everything you're describing right living in a society where like people don't have to be like at each other's throats you know where you don't have to constantly be like you know competing with somebody that looks just like you you know or fighting over a street corner or you know or or just thinking that that All you can do is just take care of those immediately around you, like because you you would have a whole different economy, you would have a whole different system and society that is actually about meeting the needs of the people, right? And actually is about break, you know, going to work on breaking all those chains. It's radically different, and just that kind of hope that that it actually gives people.
2: So you know, Michelle, uh, people are gonna change a lot in the process of making a revolution, but still after revolutions one, not everybody's going to suddenly be angels and all. And there's going to be all different kinds of things that have, have forms of oppression that haven't been overcome. Uh, not, every man's not going to have overcome all his patriarchy and people are going to there's still great differences among the people. But so how is this new society going to enable people to go to work on this?
3: Yeah, I think that's one thing that's really exciting about the vision of that different society is that well, I mean for one, it's not a utopia, right? Where part of the part of the the difference in actually the problems in trying to rebuild that different society will be put on masses of people, right? And for somebody like myself who was told like don't expect it, or you can't understand anything or whatever. And and you know, seeing how in that kind of society being part of actually working to, you know, to to change and to Rebuild a whole different society, is you know, is is really exciting and just a contrast. Like, you know, you look at when when people have actually tried ris- uh, rising up against this, right? To the example that Bob Avakian speaks to, right, the the gang truce, right, when people actually do rise up against police murder and and, and brutality and and these people that are that have that are we're told. Are monsters are irredeemable monsters right They're these people that have actually tried so hard right and and have done these gang truce, that the pigs come and just like you know uh, uh, set them against each other because of the very workings of this system right they actually can't resolve this right think about it in a whole different society that you know th- those people and those struggles will be backed up right why because the goal of this society is the emancipation of all of humanity right we would be enabled through education through being able to understand the world that we're living in and actually you know and the Constitution and what's laid out in there right what kind of society we would be fighting for and and going to work on coming together to do that
2: Michelle I think this is so important and I can see why when you start opening up this conversation with people who are coming forward to Mayday and coming to the Revolution Club it's really the start of a whole process of really coming to recognize how through this what baba Vakin has put into this constitution that he's authored and to a, a whole way of knowing and changing the world is really not only attractive, but it involves people grappling over all this stuff and people who've not been, like you said, yourself, not been told that's not your province. That's not something you can do. You just have to toe the line and except our boot over on your neck so i just think this is really uh what you said was very important it's a beginning and we're going to be doing more of that on the show and people who come to mayday and come to the revolution club this is what they're going to experience people getting into these questions while we're standing up and organizing more people so just just go back to wrap this up at the beginning you made a point i I believe that this is going to be a chance for people we're going to be gathering forces this Day. And so I think it'd be important just to go back to what is a basic call for May 1st and what's, why should you be there?
3: Well, look, we're on May 1st, we're going to be taking to the streets with these slogans. We refuse to accept this system's future. A better world without oppression and exploitation is possible. No U.S. NATO war with Russia. Stop U.S. threats against China. No World War Three. It's this system, not humanity, that needs to become extinct. Now is the time to get organized for a real revolution. And and I think, look, there's so many people right now, like, like the brother that I was mentioning earlier from South Central, who has just been feeling like very angry around this, right? And think about all the people that feel that way and on May 1st bringing all those people together to manifest a force that is saying we are not going to accept those the direction in which de- this system is is taking humanity and that there is a whole different way that the world can be and we're going to go and we're going to impact many more people that feel that way to bring them into this revolution. That's the process of growing from hundreds to thousands to millions to for the time when we can go all out to bring this whole system them down and and bring and implement and bring about a whole different society where things will be radically different right that's what we're doing on may 1st and that's what you are going to be part of doing together with other people uh, on may 1st who you've never met who you would think are you know or how in this society you're told you're supposed to be competing against or looking down on or com- or you know or seeing as your enemy all of those people coming together around this revolution and putting in in this society, you know, when things are going in a really terrible direction, to wrench something positive out of all of that through an actual revolution.
2: All right. Boom. That's it, Michelle. May first. Come out. Be part of this. Get into the Revolution Club. Write us and watch the RL Revolution Nothing Less show this week, next week, spread it around and use it as a tool to organize people for. May Day 2023. Michelle, thanks for being on the show again. This was great.
3: Yeah, really glad to be here.
4: Si un día algún fulano te apaga los ojos Ya nada me calla, ya todo me sobra Si tocan a una, respondemos todas
0: Okay, so that is Cancion Sin Miedo, the song without fear, an anthem against femicide across Latin America. And before that, you are listening to a conversation between Michelle Chai, a leader in the Los Angeles Revolution Club, and Andy Z, the main host of the Revolution Nothing Less show at youtube.com slash RevComs. new episodes every Thursday night. And with that, I want to welcome back Atlas Winfrey here in studio with me and um, take us back to the segment we just heard. We were listening to Mm -hmm. Michelle and Andy talking Mm -hmm. about May 1st, this revolutionary holiday. We heard Bob Avakian talking about the strategy, Mm -hmm. especially in a moment like this when so much is Uh, erupting in the world. We're in a time of major change and transformation, uh, heightened threats to humanity's future, but also, as he was saying, heightened opportunity to make revolution and advance in organizing for this right now. Um, If you could uh, speak, please, uh, to May 1st Mm -hmm. and the picnic this weekend and how this Mm -hmm. sits in that larger context. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, well, I thought it was really important in the segment what was being said as well, too, about Look, there's a framework and a vision for a whole different society where all the outrages that people hate, that fill people with dread, could actually be put an end to, where people could come together to build a a radically different society that most people would actually want to live in. And that fills myself and many others with hope. But there's a bridge between here and there, and that is revolution. We're not going to be able to solve the world historic problems that humanity faces without overthrowing the system. An election is not going to solve these problems. And in order to make a revolution, we need to put revolution on the map. This is not what people are thinking about. This is not what people are doing. This has is, this is got to change. And May 1st, and yes, this picnic that's happening on Sunday, is a part of doing that. For revolution to get on the map in people's, thinkings, the re- in people's thinking, the revolutionaries of today must very quickly grow to thousands and then millions. Revcom.us is the website you need to go to to connect up with this movement for revolution. That's www.revcom.us. And we're gonna be getting together, we're gonna be breaking bread, we're gonna be talking with each other, we're gonna be getting deeper into, why do we need a revolution? What does this revolution involve? What kind of society is this aiming for? And we're gonna talk together, and if you're hungry for answers, So why is the world the way it is? If you're hungry to get together with other like-minded people, if you're looking for your people, your people, the people who care about the planet, that your people, the people who think that black lives matter, your people, the people that want to see a better future for our children and their, and their children's children and a whole different epoch in human history. Go find your people at this picnic The details are at revcom.us. And all of this is a part of coming to the next level for May 1st, manifesting. And I'll I'll tell you, all the people listening right now, by coming out on May 1st and by participating right now to spread the word about this and get people together to be there on May 1st, in whatever way you can, you are and you will be part of bringing into people's vision a revolutionary force. You are and will be part of strengthening that force to the point where it could actually lead millions to go all out for revolution. In that clip, Bob Avakian was talking about the craziness of the times that we're in and the way that right now, if a force gets out there shining a light on what is really happening, why is it happening in a way that people could actually understand, we could rapidly grow This revolution that right now is very small and not what people are thinking about can become what millions of people are thinking about and talking about and debating. And there is a place that people can come together to join this revolution club. The revolution club is a place where people get together and they organize for revolution. They go out and spread the word about revolution. They also get together and talk about deeper about these things. And these are these are the people you're going to meet this Sunday at the barbecue. Mm
0: -hmm. If you have questions about the revolution, if you have questions about whether it's possible, um, if you have uh, other comments you want to make about what you heard, about the strategy for revolution, about what could be made possible by bringing this system down. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you, Atlas, um, that Michelle mentioned in the interview we played is she said a lot of people think, oh, we're all just going to die anyhow. This Mm -hmm. this system is going to, you know, whether it's, It's the way it is pinning in and and, and setting black youth in the inner cities up to kill each other, fight and kill each other, or be killed by police Mm -hmm. and sent in mass warehouse in Mm -hmm. in the prisons, or whether it be the threat of nuclear annihilation, Mm -hmm. um, or whether it be the environmental destruction. So Michelle said, you know, we're talking to people. We're out there talking to people who say, well, we're all going to be blown up anyhow. Mm -hmm. And... I'm getting ready to go next week up to Berkeley. I'll be giving a talk uh, at Revolution Books in Berkeley called Woke Lunacy Versus Real Revolution. Mm. And I was reading some uh, uh, update from people up there working on the Cal campus building mm. for the event. And they uh, talked to a whole group of students from Taiwan um, and they said, don't you need to come? They were trying to get them to come, and they, and they, they weren't interested. And they said, well, Taiwan, it's right in the middle of what could become uh, a, a, a outright war between the U.S. and China, maybe nuclear. Both sides are nuclear. And the youth said, well, you know what? We're all just going to be blown up anyhow, so we can't be bothered. Hmm. And I thought this question of, of the doom mm-hmm. that so many young people mm-hmm. feel. Which Michelle was observing in the neighborhoods here in LA, that the students from around the world up in in Berkeley mm-hmm. were were giving voice to. Um, how, how how do you how do you think about this?
1: Yeah, well, the first thing is is I think that why people feel a lot of doom and gloom about the world is because they don't actually understand what is happening and why is it actually happening. A lot of things just seem crazy. It seems uh, even disconnected from each other. What's going on? And then you also, you see, you know, people are messed up, you know, and we're, it's always pumped into our head. You know, it's just human nature. It's just human nature. There always have been wars. There always will be wars. You know, white people are just messed up. Men are just messed up. You know, uh, the environment, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. And, but what people don't understand is that this isn't just the way things are. It's not the way things have always been. And it doesn't have to be the way that things continue to be. All of this has a common underlying source of the system of capitalism and imperialism. And that's important. That's not just a, 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 f- a funny thing to say. It, it's like going to the doctor and you say, doctor, I have all these symptoms and I feel terrible about this. I don't know what to do. And the doctor says, look, all of your symptoms, this is what you've got. You've got cancer. Mm-hmm. And in order to treat this cancer, it's going to take a very radical treatment. And it's going to involve a lot of difficulty. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard. You're going to go through sacrifice. It's 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 not going to be easy. But look, if we undergo this treatment, there is a real fighting chance that you can have a bright future. And that's the situation right now. People don't understand what the nature of the disease is that we're facing. And they don't know that there's actually a solution to it. There's There's actually a treatment for it. And this Constitution for the New Socialist Republic in North America is a very inspiring and concrete vision for how society could be organized. People always say, you're always talking about what you're against, but you never talk about what you're for. Well, this is what we're for. This is not a utopia, but a real world that actually could be through a revolution. And I'm challenging all of you people here listening, get out of your car you know, now right now, if you're driving, you got to keep track, keep track, keep the door <laughs> closed, but get out of your isolated alienation and frustration and anxiety and depression and come together with us, the Revcoms, to find out how this is actually possible, how this could actually be brought into being. And while you're doing that, be a part of bringing it into being, mm-hmm. be a part of doing something. You know, we have such great strengths in humanity. All you people who care, you are part of our great strength. But that great strength has to be brought to bear. And that can only be brought to bear if you get up and act together with others like you. So join us.
0: Yeah, I think um, part of the the I think I, that I found that very helpful um, that people don't understand what's at the source of all the craziness that they see. And it combines with they also don't see an alternative. And if If and as revolution does get put on the map and there are forces amassed and organized around it, serious, standing up against these rising fascist mobs who are terrorizing the people. You think about Ralph Yarl, the 16-year-old black boy who was gunned down for ringing the wrong doorbell in Missouri. Um, And and this kind of terror goes on, vigilantism, the, the, the pigs and the wannabe pigs and and the and the threats against public uh you know s- uh, school teachers uh health workers and election officials all this the fascist mobs that are coming if if people were standing up to that while getting organized in a disciplined way and spreading revolution then the options that people see would not just be doom and destruction we're all going to die may as well just put my head in the trough and try to live it up until it's all over but they would see a different way that they could be acting together. So I think your point about about getting out on May 1st, getting out um, together with others and putting the revolution on the map is it's it's game changing what others see as possible and how they calculate what they're going to do as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um why don't you tell people again uh, at least the social media in case they want to find the details?
1: Yeah, so the details for this picnic and for May 1st, you can find these at our website, www.revcom.us. And you can also find us on social media, particularly on Instagram at RevClubLA. Uh, it's at R E V C L U B underscore. LA Rev Club underscore LA. So go there on Instagram, put it in the search. You're gonna find the graphic. And then, you know, you gotta you gotta get ready. You gotta get ready for the picnic, you know, cook cook a little something and come join us and get together.
0: And if you don't have time to cook, just come on out and That's bring right. a friend. That's and if right. you don't have somebody who's gonna come with you, come and make a new friend. Mm. Um Um we have a caller. We're gonna get them on the air in just a moment. All right. Well, let's just bring them on and they can tell us their name. Hello. Welcome to the Michael Slate Show. Tell us your name and what's on your mind.
5: Carlos from Carson.
0: Hello. Yes, uh, yeah. Car- Carlos from Carson. Hi, Carlos. You are on the air. What's on your mind?
5: Yeah. My question to your guest is, if the revolution is successful, how will society be transformed? Who are going to be the ultimate benefactors? The, the impoverished
2: masses or... It's Jewish financiers of the perennial
5: financiers of revolutions, like they finance the communist revolution in Russia and in Cuba.
0: All right. So the question is, if the revolution is successful, who are the beneficiaries? And he asked, is it going to be the masses of impoverished people or the, um, oh man, he used a word. I wish I could remember what it was. I I caught it. Uh, the, The financiers of the revolution.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is uh, one of the best ways that the people that rule this system play oppressed people is that they they scapegoat and point the fingers at people who are not the actual problem at particularly Jewish people. So this whole thing about Jewish financiers benefiting from the revolution, this is a this is a way in which you're getting played. So a,
0: he said he said, Jewish yeah, 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 it's it's
1: it's B.S. Look, the the goal of this revolution and the ultimate beneficiaries are the yes, the oppressed and exploited of humanity. But this is a revolution about emancipating everybody. This is not a revolution for revenge. This is a revolution that's about bringing into being a whole different future for everybody.
0: Yeah. Um. I think who's going to benefit from the revolution? It's going to be humanity as a whole. Under this system, the planet is being destroyed. Under this system, the world could be blown up through nuclear annihilation. We're getting closer to that each day. Um, And under this system, it's a living hell for billions, 100 million people driven from their homelands, refugees due to civil wars and reactionary plunder, imperialist wars due to imperialist aggressive super exploitation due to climate change that is fueled by the system of capitalism, imperialism. Then they are thrown into... Detention camps and and you know you look at the fire thirty nine migrants burned to death right across the U S Mexico border three weeks ago and this is just a, a fraction so of the of the misery and suffering the 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 U S Supreme Court took away women's fundamental right to abortion all of this is intensifying who will benefit when this system is brought down women will black people will immigrants will humanity will the the people of the world will and it will only be a start. Because then you have to go about repairing all the destruction that this system has caused. You have to go about overcoming all the ways this system has trained people to think, to dog each other, to to be out against each other, to reinforce the white supremacy, the male supremacy. But you have a fighting chance to go at that. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to benefit and and I— I wish there was a lot more financiers of the revolution, to be honest, of every background, because it does need funds and it does need to grow and spread. So I want to give Atlas 20 seconds last chance to invite people out. And then I want to say a few closing words.
1: Yeah, look, every everybody that's listening right now, come out and come out on May 1st, 3 p.m. It's going to be in downtown Los Angeles, First Street and Central in Little Tokyo. And you can get those details at www.revcom.us.
0: Atlas, I want to thank you for coming in. I want to thank Henry Carson for assistant producing, Gary Baca for engineering, Atlas Winfrey for coming into the studio. I want to thank you for spending the hour with me. And remember, the problem is not human nature. It is the nature of the system. Through a real revolution, a better world is possible. My name is Sansara Taylor. I will talk to you again next week. We've got some time left, so I'd like to play this. And many people say
5: we need religion to be able to endure, to survive, to keep from going crazy, to continue to struggle on, even to have some moments of joy and glimmers of hope in a world full of so much cruelty and brutality, heartbreak and heartlessness. But what if the world doesn't have to be this way? What if we could live in a world where never again would a parent have to fear for the life of their child just because of the color of their skin? What if we? What if we lived in a world where never again would that soul-wrenching experience that never leaves of having to bury your own child whose life was stolen by a brutal thug with a gun and the backing of the powers that be? What if? What if being black no longer meant living in a white supremacist society that continually assaults you in your very being and very sense of worth, constantly subjects you to terror, openly or in more subtle ways, and forces you to face the constant danger that you or your children will have your life snuffed out at any moment for doing nothing but being. What if your humanity really mattered and were considered precious? What if this were true of all people of color and of immigrants? What in fact if all people were just people of different colors? And there were no distinctions and discrimination and persecution and brutality based on what nationality or race you were. What if there were no such thing as immigrants? What if we all lived in a world community of human beings without borders and tanks and guns and planes to enforce them? What if women could walk down the street and look every man they encounter straight in the eye and fear nothing? And not be made to feel. And not be made to feel that you're on display and to be evaluated by how you sexually titillate them. What if no more women were ever again battered, raped, assaulted, denied the right to control their own bodies? people who were different in their sexual orientation or just in the way they went through life, instead of being discriminated against and bullied, were valued for their difference, if that were seen as part of the great diversity of humanity? (laughs) What if there were no more one part of society exploiting the others, and those exploited had no choice? but to enrich them in order to be able to live themselves, working their whole life away <laughs> under conditions of this ruthless exploitation. What if we didn't have to live in a lopsided world where a small number in a small number of countries have to accumulate tremendous wealth by exploiting the great majority, and the conditions of the great majority are desperate. Look at the world, look at the phenomenon of Ebola. There's been a lot of concern about Ebola. Rightly so, but way too much hysterical fear about whether a few people here might get Ebola, and not nearly enough concern about what is happening to the people in Africa. wars for domination and plunder? What if there were whole different relations among people, valuing each other's humanity? What if there were different relations to the environment, protecting it and providing for future generations instead of despoiling and ruining it? What if we could have a whole different outlook on life and on the future instead of one of dread? and one of desperately striving just to make it. Now to paraphrase John Lennon's song, Imagine, you may say I'm a dreamer, but this is not just a dream. It is something for which there is a definite basis in reality and it is up to us, together with people throughout the world, to make it a reality.
6: می جنگ، اثر رنگی از دیویا که بدون توی خونه لنج. می جنگ، دیویا که وقت تا تو دل دشمن بدون ترسه. می جنگ، دار او ندار، اثر قو مثل فشان قطار می دونه جنگ، طیعه شمشیرش شاه و زیم کنه جنس سپار وفا. فصل اجتهاده من که اختلاف افتخارت کنم به به هموطن بشم تک گاهش شروع خروش و تقیان مردمه چش فصل اصل سمزدایی و صد بازو حزب باد هر تفکری که داری با هر دین و آین کنارمون 20 سال ها کنارتی ستادیم هزار قشمه 1020 شورشی شورش کمر شی انقلابی داریم عرب و آشوری ارمنی ترکمن مازنی سیستانی و بلوش و تالش و تات و آذری پرتغالیک و فارسی ما اتحاد رودهای دریایی بازشکار و هنرمند دست فروش تا کاسه باز معالح و معلم مهندس تا کارگر میکنیم که گوش تو رو با ساز حق زندگی آزادی میجنگیم تا پای مرگ شونه به شونه پا به پا دیوار دفاعی باورم به هم همبستگی مثل ایمان الهی مثل مسخ دین مثل مجنون بی باکسینه چاکی میران تومه مطیع این بیگانه ها نیست میدون جنگه اثر رنگی است بیو که بدون تو خون لنگه میدون جنگ بیا که بخت تاختن تو دل دشمن بدون ترس میدونه جنگ دارا و ندار اثر هر تبار مثل فشنگ قطار میدونه جنگ تیغه شمشیر اشت شهامت و زین کن و جنس زفر وفا دستای گره تو دست هم جهان تو دست ما سانش جوی قهرمان تا خیابون و رف پفار سیران و فروختن رفیق رف خونت به باد وقت تصویی از میذاریم جلوشون صورت ساب میدونه جنگ خوشید و گرفتن کاب خوش به شب نزاریم براشون نه طلاتم من موج دارم پشت.